thank you for listening to the barbershop. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to ask for your support. The barbershop is a black owned media property that exists exclusively for the political, social and cultural benefit of black people. I run it myself, the website, the articles, the writing and recording of all the shows and the post editing. It's all done by yours truly. I ask friend that you do your part and support black media, something that's desperately needed. You can do so by becoming a supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button at the top of the page. Um, and I surely appreciate it. Also, please subscribe to the show. It really helps out. I'm on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Lastly, I want to hear what you have to say. You can now leave me a message. Okay, you can now leave me a message by clicking on the message button at the top. And I will play it on the next episode. Is America on the brink of a civil war? And did you see the Charlemagne the God interview with Kamala Harris, VP Kamala Harris? Definitely cringeworthy. And I'm definitely talking about it tonight. Be right back. Greetings. And thank you for listening to The Barbershop. During this quick break, I want to ask you to seriously consider supporting this podcast by way of financial contribution. I don't have the financial support of the white podcasters, people like Joe Rogan, who's currently worth over $100 million. I choose to podcast as an unapologetic black person for the benefit of black people. This is the only media property that critiques the racist society we live in in a way that's uncomfortable for racists and constructive for black people. This is a space where we can have honest conversations about our thoughts and feelings without repercussions from the hostile racists who currently dominate. This is the only space where practical and constructive solutions are given to black people to drastically improve quality of life, despite what racist whites may have to say about it. Now, if you support the idea of black people standing up and breaking the foot that continues to cast its shadow of oppression, then support the barbershop. If you support the idea of black people creating our own institutions, our own towns with our own businesses, schools, churches and hospitals, our own media, film, television and music then support the barbershop. If you support the idea of black people being independent from white people, this means being able to feed, educate, employ, and defend ourselves. Support the barbershop. You can support by clicking on the support button at the top of the page and contributing a monthly donation. Now, if you don't support these values, and if you don't want to support the show, 
then I'll quit doing this podcast and look for a lucrative deal from white people to give their talking points and support their narratives and sell out my own people like the rest of the black Negro media elite. Thank you. Thank you.
Welcome back. You're in the barbershop. Glad to have you here. Um, so there's an article in the Atlantic where the writer is asking, is America on the brink of a civil war? This article was written by Fitton O'Toole. That's F-I-T-T-A-N-O apostrophe T double O-L-E Fitton O'Toole. He's Irish. And he's asking if America is on the brink of a civil war. Now, I ran a poll on my Twitter and many of you all responded. Most of you believe that America is on a brink of a civil war. Uh, But let's see what Mr. Fitton has to say about this. So he says that uh, the belief that there was going to be a civil war in Ireland made everything worse. Remember, he's Irish. All right. So he is referring to the Catholic Protestant conflict in that country. So he says, once that idea takes hold, it has a force of its own. All right. So the belief that there's, going to be a civil war you know once the once that idea takes hold it has a force of its own the demagogues warn that the other side is mobilizing they are coming for us not only do we have to defend ourselves but we have to deny them the advantage of making the first move the logic of the preemptive strike sets in Do it to them before they do it to you. The other side, of course, is thinking the same thing. For those of you uh, who do not know, Protestants and Catholics were at each other in Ireland for years. They were at each other's throats. All right. It never turned into a full fledged civil war. But uh, to the author's point, it may have been worse than a full-fledged civil war because the violence lasted a lot longer there than our four-year civil war here. And many civilians were caught in the crosshairs. The fighting did not take place on battlefields with trained soldiers, but in cities where too many innocent lives were lost. So are the racists doing the same thing here? The individuals that stormed the Capitol building on on, uh, January 6th, what were they motivated by? I'll tell you, friend, they are motivated by the idea that they are losing their country. Black people, all the niggers are taking over their country, their land. This is not your land, nigga. This land belongs to the cracker. This land belongs to good Christian white folk. And the mere fact that you're here, the mere fact that you exist, nigga, is a threat to them. You see, these individuals have not gotten over their loss in the Civil War. And the fallout from that, including 
the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. The ending of slavery, your right to equal citizenship in this country, and your right to vote. Especially that right to equal citizenship because that says essentially that legally, anyway, legally, you are equal to whites. That does not fit their vision of what this country should be. So in their minds, in their decrepit, sick minds, they feel as if we are a threat to them because they are not able to practice white supremacy with impunity. They can't pick on the niggers anymore without pushback, without some kind of pushback. Sometimes even from other white people. Okay. Sometimes even from other white people. So the racists here are talking themselves up. They feel as if uh, they are being threatened. Their way of life is threatened. Their existence is threatened by you. And as a result, they are arming themselves. The number of militias in this country, uh, it increases every day. Every day, friend, they are getting ready. Again, this is their mindset. They are getting ready for the uh, uh, oncoming war. Read the Turner Diaries. That novel will tell you all you need to know. But yes, they are getting ready. They are getting ready for the all out race war. Now, what should be our response? Because it doesn't matter how many times you convince yourself, oh, these fuckers are crazy. These are idiots. These are no good white trash, no good, filthy, stinking, beer belly, beer sharecroppers, American filth. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how many times you try to convince yourself of this. The fact is, is that these people are under the illusion that you are a threat to them. And that the only way ultimately this threat is ended is by violence or by you leaving. Now, we know most black people are not leaving anywhere. You're not going anywhere. So then their next option, obviously, at some point will be violence. So what is our response we should be arming ourselves. We should be training in the gym, nigga, seven days a week, nigga. Training, jogging every day, running, getting the blood pumping. You should be going to the shooting range. Shoot your guns. Pick up the gun. Don't run from it. Pick up the gun. It's a tool. It's a tool. Learn how to shoot your gun. See, once you buy the gun, don't just have it sit up in the closet somewhere collecting dust, rust. Use your gun. Go to the gun range. Run two miles a day. Get you some boxing gloves and a boxing bag and hit it. But most importantly, get into the mindset of kicking ass. You have to be willing to kick somebody's ass. 
And in this case, we're talking about the white supremacists. We're talking about the no, the evil, nasty, disgusting, racists, Confederate sympathizers. These people, uh, this filth is still here with us. They're all over this country. So the most important thing you, you should be getting your mind ready for the potential of violence at some point, maybe not in your lifetime. So if not in your lifetime, in your children's lifetime, Dicka, get your, get your children ready so that they can defend themselves from this violent period that's sure to come. Be right back. Greetings, and thank you for listening to The Barbershop. During this quick break, I want to ask you to seriously consider supporting this podcast by way of financial contribution. I don't have the financial support of the white podcasters, people like Joe Rogan who's currently worth over $100 million. I choose to podcast as an unapologetic black person for the benefit of black people. This is the only media property that critiques the racist society we live in in a way that's uncomfortable for racists and constructive for black people. This is a space where we can have honest conversations about our thoughts and feelings without repercussions from the hostile racists who currently dominate. This is the only space where practical and constructive solutions are given to black people to drastically improve quality of life, despite what racist whites may have to say about it. Now, if you support the idea of black people standing up and breaking the foot that continues to cast its shadow of oppression, then support the barbershop. If you support the idea of black people creating our own institutions, our own towns with our own businesses, schools, churches, and hospitals, our own media, film, television, and music, then support the barbershop. If you support the idea of black people being independent from white people, this means being able to feed, educate, employ, and defend ourselves. Support the barbershop. You can support by clicking on the support button at the top of the page and contributing a monthly donation. Now, if you don't support these values and if you don't want to support the show, then I'll quit doing this podcast and look for a lucrative deal from white people to give their talking points and support their narratives and sell out my own people like the rest of the black Negro media elite. Thank you. Who's the superhero that's going to speak against Joe Manchin? I want to know who's the real president of this country. Is Is it Joe Biden or Joe Manchin? She, she can hear me. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me, Madam okay. Vice President? Oh, I'm sorry. You got a rap. Oh. So I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. They're acting like they can't hear me. Y'all see that? 
<laughs> I can hear you. Oh, so who's the I real? So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really. Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell. No, sometimes. no, 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 no. It's Joe Biden, and don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe Bi- and it's Joe Biden, and it's Joe Biden, and I'm vice president, and my name is Kamala Harris. shop vice president kamala harris graced and i use that term very lightly <laughs> graced charlemagne the god with her presence on his comedy central show you heard the clip earlier uh clearly she snapped and according to the poll i took on twitter many of you think she was out of line uh so did i now was his question fair I mean, he plainly asked the lady, he said, hey, 
I mean, who's really running the country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? And come on now, we know that it was a rhetorical question. And she knows that. But she took his question as being literal. And she got really angry at him and upset. So his question was fair. In my estimation, his question was fair because uh, although it was rhetorical and he did not literally mean who's running the country, many people, many people uh, have and share the sentiment of the question is that Joe Biden, what the fuck is he doing? And now let me make a disclaimer. Uh, let me make a disclaimer. I am not a Republican. If you've listened to the barbershop for like two seconds, nigga, you know, I'm clearly not a Republican, but also let me make it very clear. I am not, I am not a Democrat. These parties don't do anything, anything for black people. All right. So I am neither. I'm just making an observation on what happened between Charlemagne to God and vice president Kamala Harris. Okay. Now, his question was fair because Joe Biden has not done hardly anything for the people that put him in office. He really has it. And Joe Manchin is just another example of a do nothing Joe Biden. And so Charlemagne's question is reflective of this sentiment that many people share that Joe Biden hasn't done shit. And Joe Manchin is just another excuse. And Kamala Harris knows this. She got mad at the question because of who the question came from. See, Charlemagne the God is not taken seriously by these Democrats because these Democrats, these are uppity Negroes. And Charlemagne the God, oh, who's this nigga? Like, this nigga should be, just be thankful that we're on his little show. Just be thankful, nigga. Ask us the bubblegum questions. Don't ask us nothing where we have to account for ourselves. And see, Charlemagne went too far. You see, he he pushed a button when he asked Vice President Kamala Harris that question. She wasn't expecting that. Her handler, uh, Simone Sanders, is that her name? Uh, they weren't expecting this question. It wasn't in the script. It's a real question that many people have. Why is Joe Biden letting some know nothing senator derail the Democratic agenda? And as far as black people go, you can barely call it an agenda because they ain't, they ain't doing shit for black people, really. But to the extent they mention and think of you in their little shitty agenda, he can't even get this done. Because this Joe Manchin is in the way. And so Charlemagne is like, I mean, what is Joe Biden doing? The fuck is he doing? He's not, he's not fighting for us. He's not even doing the bare minimum so much so that he lets one man block the whole democratic agenda. So his question was fair. Definitely. Because a lot of people are asking, the same thing. It's like, why, why is Joe Biden letting this one man derail everything that the Dems are trying to, or everything they're claiming they're trying to do for 
um, the people that got them elected. But let me ask you this. Would she have responded the same way? If it were not Charlemagne, the guy asking that very same question, I guarantee you, no, she would not. No, she would not have responded that way had it not been Charlemagne the God, a black man, someone that comes from the hip hop industry. All right. She would not have responded had she she would not have responded that way had she been on MSNBC, friend. No, she would not. No, she would not. She would have been professional. But see, it's real interesting how like when black people in high places, when they get around other black people, especially like black journalists. They feel as if they don't have to be as professional. They feel as if they can kind of relax a little bit and, uh, you know, go with the pointing of the finger and the, the waving of the finger, uh, waving of the finger and the shame on you. Shame on you, nigga. How dare you? Nigga, I'm a vice president, nigga. <laughs> That's what she said. She said, Joe Biden is your president. And I am your vice president, nigga. How dare you ask me some shit like this? You should be thankful that you get to look at me on your TV screen, nigga. And I'm responding to you, nigga. <laughs> this is what Kamala, this, this is her attitude. Because the question was a fair question. It was like, what the fuck is Joe Biden doing? Letting one man derail the Democrats agenda. All right. But she don't, she, she did not want to respond to that. And she wasn't expecting that hard, uh, that hard hitting of a question from Charlemagne to God. So initially they tried to pretend as if they didn't hear him. All right. He called him out on that. And so, you know, oh no, nigga, you gonna, nigga, you gonna call me out. I tried to give you an out, nigga. You gonna call me out. Oh, I have to respond. This is Kamala Harris. And what she was thinking, I have to respond. nigga. <laughs> And she responded, pointing her finger at him. Nigga, you don't ask no vice president no shit like that. She may as well have said that, folks. Let's be serious. Because that's the way it came off. All right. But um, yeah. So. I'm telling you, she would not have done that had it been Rachel Maddow. You know, Rachel Maddow, everyone loves Rachel Maddow, huh? MSNBC. No, no, no. We know she would not have done that had it been Rachel Maddow. How about Tiffany Cross? I don't know. I don't know about that one. Uh, You know, she is on MSNBC, but would she have come at Tiffany Cross the way she came at Charlemagne the God? I don't know, because on the one hand, Tiffany is black. All right. So you have that whole thing of black people not being as professional when they're being interviewed by black journal, uh, black journalists. But then on the other hand, Tiffany is backed by the MSNBC network. Clearly that's owned by some white folks. All right. And it's a white establishment. So I, I think, I think Kamala uh, vice president Kamala Harris would have been on the best behavior. Even, uh, even if she had been on the uh, cross connection, but nevertheless, all right. So you all responded clearly on Twitter. Everyone thinks that Vice President Kamala Harris was out of line, rightfully so, because she was. All right. Follow me on Twitter at Cobras underscore shop. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show. 
and leave me a message with your thoughts and or comments. I'll play it on the next show. Until next time, God bless. Christmas time.